0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You're listening to New Hill Talks, a podcast for the members and regular tenders of New Hill Church. My name is Michael Meadows. I'm the lead pastor at New Hill Church. And Mark Sherry, pastoral candidate of
1: the month once again.
0: Yeah, you deserve it. You know, you're the only only one here with me. Um, here's a, a good a reminder. If, you, if you'd like to sit in on the podcast, um, we could do it at the church. We could change locations. We could change days. If you want to sit in, you want to be a part of it, we'd love to have uh, some of our members pop on and Maybe share your testimony and just spend some time with us. It's always a good time. We have uh, several folks that will join us. This is not a um, She-Man Club. Hater Club. Yeah, what is that? Is that He-Man, what it's called? He-Man Woman, He-Man, Club. He-Man Woman Hater Club. Yeah, yeah, Little Rascals. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's the two of us again. And it's all right by me. All yeah, right
1: by me. I, I think I should get um, some kind of like award, physical award for being here consistently. Um, and then I think we should penalize Gary in some way too for not being here
0: i think he's penalized enough already that's that's true being gary yeah he does have to live with himself he does this is the only way we're going to find out if he listens (laughs) he sent us a text we're talking about him hey we we did have um uh our deacon nelson juarez um let us know about uh the previous episode um uh, i guess two episodes ago now Once this post but uh, when we had Deacon Dubois here, and Deacon Dubois said, I'm the, the best Deacon, we rank them, uh, they're all just lower than me. And uh, yeah, Nelson got onto him about that. It's
1: fighting words, right there.
0: It was, yeah. Nelson came ready to, to, to square up at uh, the worship practice. So uh, kidding. Maybe, maybe
1: uh, we should have like a cage fight with the Deacons and see who wins. That'll Michelle. be the ultimate determining factor. Michelle. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah, Probably knowing knowing the others yeah but i'll tell you deacon dubois did a solid this morning he sent me and michael a picture he took from the summer where i think we were wrestling and he put a big burrito he photoshopped a big burrito in between the two of us so it looks like we're trying to pull a burrito apart and then he took a picture of my dog and made her like three times the size of us behind us so he did good in my opinion he does uh he does stand at the top, although uh, Nelson did bring his family to small group this week, so maybe they should be equal in that regard.
0: I was not even paying attention to your dog did in you? the background.
1: <laughs> That's so funny. You, you guys really should see this picture. If you're interested, let us know. Were you wearing we'll glasses that you. day? Yeah, you. were. I was. Yeah,
0: I smelled like a burrito that day.
1: Yes, you did. And my the back of my it was like was- all that
0: soap and then like just sweat. Uh, the the soap from the the foam party thing. Oh gosh! Look look at the back of my it's head. It's all it's all wrinkly. Hot. You know I never look at the back of my
1: own head, obviously. And I thought, ooh, I should maybe cover my head with some hair. I love all how your
0: dog's soap. nose is just like chopped off, dude. <laughs> yeah, and Jer- sometimes with Photoshop you can't get it all in there.
1: Jeremy's Photoshop skills are not where they ought to be, but well, good effort though, Jeremy.
0: <laughs> this is awesome. I'm <laughs> just sitting looking at this all day. So. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, today um, what our groups have been going through, just kind of sharing some insight there and just some things that are helping us grow in our walk with Christ. And we are also going to hit a little bit more on uh, the sanctity of life, um, abortion, and and how uh, we as Christians can um, make a difference. Where we are, and maybe being a little bit more proactive than others. Uh, Each each one of us is in a different walk of life, and maybe has more time to to give to Saturday morning uh, time at the mills and and whatnot. So, um, but as Pastor Mark preached um, a couple weeks ago, a few weeks anyways, um, there are many ways to get involved, and you know I really love that you said pray. I think a lot of times uh, people don't mention that as a way to get involved because it's like, oh, it's a cop out. Like don't pray, get involved. And, um, I think it's important. I think like, even if you're involved, like really praying and it's not difficult. Sometimes we, we look at prayer and we're like, oh man, like I got to devote all this like crazy time. It's like, no, say a prayer. Like if you don't think that like stopping right now, praying father, God, we pray that, that you would bless this nation. God, that you would open our eyes and our hearts to see the atrocity, um, of abortion and that we would make a stand and Lord that I, I pray that anybody who's going through one um, may reconsider that by your spirit working on them and showing them the value not only of their life but the life that they're carrying and may you be honored and glorified through that Amen like it's that simple right like yeah. I, I'm looking at the time and like that might have been 45 seconds like and that's that's a genuine prayer for me like I you can pray that or simply like just a few words Lord stop it Amen like yeah yeah. You're not telling God to stop being God. You're he knows your heart. He knows everything. Like sometimes we just we just don't even pray. And I thought that was really good that you really emphasized that.
1: Yeah, that that's a great point on prayer. Um so I think some, you know, depending on what denomination you grew up on, grew, grew up in, you could be in, under the impression that if you're not praying in a prayer closet for three hours then you're not praying and there's an example in the old testament with nehemiah where he's before the king and he just shoots up a prayer it wasn't even vocalized it was in his heart obviously and uh, that is the christian life that is prayer without ceasing it is consistently praying short or long prayers or medium-sized prayers and the good news is that god hears them because we're in christ and we're fully accepted in the beloved
0: yeah and that, that's, that's good news. It's awesome. So, um, really good message, you know, like it hit deep for me and I know it hit deep for uh, several people, um, you know, who've come up and, you know, said like, Hey, that was good. Or Hey, like, you know, I struggled with that. Hey, like that was, it was difficult. And it is difficult to hear, you know, it's, it's difficult to, um, be told what's going on, um, in the world around us, not just the world, like far away, but like here and near, like Right here in, in Medina, um, where you go over in, in Cuyahoga Falls. You know, you took one of our regular attenders uh, to the mill after that message. Yes. And um, that lady got to see um, firsthand, you know, how many people go in just on a Saturday morning. Like, are they only open on Saturdays?
1: No, they're open throughout the week. So that's what's
0: crazy is like, yeah. yeah, it's going on all the time.
1: Thousands, thousands of babies. I don't know the numbers for that particular uh, clinic. As they call it, but it is you. You would be surprised to see how many come in and go out, and it's it's heartbreaking.
0: So I know, obviously, you preached an entire message, you know, thirty minutes or so, and you guys can go back and listen to the to that message and then rejoin us if you'd like. But what would you say, uh, Pastor Mark, is, is your um, maybe your your pillar verse for um, really? Like opening your eyes to the sanctity of life. Yeah. Like, so, you know, when, you, when you're when you going on Saturday, it's this verse is running through your mind, like, you know, care for the weak or the orphan or, you know, whatever it might be.
1: Sure. Well, it, it was, you know, originally Psalm 139, which everybody knows that you formed me in my mother's womb. And then Jeremiah 1 5, that you knew me uh, before I was born. And the one that I use as the foundation uh, is the one that motivates me rescue those who are you know perishing um and and that is the one that i think is kind of leaves me without excuse if you say behold we did not know does not he who weigh the hearts know the truth that you know it and um so that that's kind of my framework in general Uh, i think that you know people know these things and and they use them as an excuse to to not speak out on it, uh, but I'll tell you one thing that I've learned. So we had a couple people engage us afterwards and and bring some great ideas about expanding this. And so you know, in one message, you can only deliver so much content. You you can't clarify things and build upon you know some harsh, seemingly harsh statements as as you like for sake of time. And so they made some great points about how we can. Use this ministry to help women in advance prior to the mill. And so, uh, when I went to the March for Life in Medina, uh, Pastor Gary was there as well. Uh, one of the gentlemen who spoke gave a story about a pro-abortion or a pro-life group that was called by a woman who said, "I have three kids. Uh, I have a van that holds only three, or I have a car that only holds three kids, and I'm pregnant, and I'm thinking about getting an abortion because." I can't afford a new vehicle, and and so you know I'm going to have to get an abortion. What can you do? Well, within no time at all, just a few hours, that organization bought this woman a new van, and she delivered her child. And so uh, the the point was is that we need to be asking women in advance, why do you want to get an abortion? What find out the motivation. Uh, sometimes it is practical, it's logistical, it's financial, and we as the church and individuals can help them meet them to save a life. So I thought that was incredible, and I'm glad to see other people stepping up, you know, having me clarify things that were said in the sermon, balance things out, and bring a more robust solution to this modern day problem.
0: Sure, and yeah, I mean, I think that's. That's so true. And one of the things, you know, like when I, I did the benediction to end it was just trying to remind everybody like, there are different ways to get involved. And, and for most people, it's going to be um, in the mundane parts of life. You're talking with someone, you're coming across someone, and they're talking about their pregnancy or someone they know that's going to potentially have an abortion. So, like, you have those opportunities where it happens. I mean, it really does. So, since your message, um, Aubrey um, was talking to somebody and they were like, yeah, you know, like, I, I hope that, um, my granddaughter, uh, gets an abortion and it's like a, a teenage pregnancy. And, you know, like Aubrey was sharing with me, she said, um, like, what is the mom, th- like the mom of the daughter? So this is the grandma. And she said, well, her mom wanted to keep it. So Aubrey said, well, I would let her handle yeah. her, her daughter's <laughs> business then. Right. So like, that was her opportunity to just like, in a simple way, like, there's no way, like, you, you try and find that balance with people and it's like, like you said, like where you're asking questions and for Aubrey, like the question for her and, and asking this woman was, well, like what does her mom think? Because then like if mom said that too, like Aubrey may need to step up or like have further conversation or begin to dive in a little bit deeper and, and share more. But she was like, oh, the mom wants to have the baby. So like, just let mom handle it. Like it's none of your business, granny. Like you're going to have a great grandbaby. Enjoy the baby. Like, like there's no reason um, to consider something, uh, so atrocious at all. But especially if you already have that support system, like what would be the reason? Right. So like Aubrey's like asking the first question she asked, what does mom think? And I thought like, man, Aubrey, like, I feel like I would have just like shoved it back down her throat. Like, who do you think you are? And, and I thought that was like really gracious. And like, like, okay. So before I like throw haymakers with this person about like the sanctity of life, uh, let me see. Like, what's the situation? Because it didn't. At that point, she didn't even know if the teenager wanted it. Right. This is Granny. Just thinks it would be best for her, and it's just in the day to day life, you will run into it. Yes. I mean, you just you will. And there's, you know, pray, go to the mill, buy signs for the mill if you don't want to go to the mill. Like you know, Pastor Mark could use those. Other people could use those, and um, I just think that that that's so good because. You know, um, there are reasons for people... Like, not everybody is nasty. Abortion's nasty, right? Yes. But yes. not everybody is nasty who's approaching that. They're approaching a, a dangerous and, and wicked thing, for sure. Um, but like you said, like, the thought of a, a car... A car's going to be the reason you get an abortion. Right, right. Come on, like, let's step up. Let's yes. figure this out. Like, let's get you something, and, and, and don't, don't do that. And then... You know, hopefully that organization followed up after, like, post-birth, which I would assume they did. Yeah. Hey, like, so the, the car was a big financial cost, but have you considered WIC? Like, have you looked into, like, programs that can help you? Like, that's the beauty, um, one, of, of our country and some things that we have established for, for those who really do need those things. Because I would assume maybe she's a single mom. Uh, maybe she's not. But three three or four kids um, and maybe she's working one or two jobs. Those are the people I want to assist, right? But then even further for the Christian, right? Like we are called to care for those people, right? Like we're called to step up and, and sacrificially serve them. So for a lot of us, um, it may require rebudgeting, like rethinking through our finances. Like, and maybe you're like, well, yeah, I don't need to do that now. There's not a need. But like what about when the need comes? Are you then going to reconfigure your budget I would say go ahead and think about it now, so that when the time comes, you can step up to the plate, right. and you're not scrambling. Like, man, I couldn't imagine if someone's like, yeah, a van is is all it'll take, and I won't have an abortion, and I'd be like, uh, here, I Here's got no, a- well, I got no money, like you, know. right? So then you're like, you're that's what the church is for, right? So if, if someone comes to you and there's like a need, you've pressed, you've asked that question, um, let the church know we've got these ministries. Don't. Don't not let them know, right? Like if they say this, be like, hey, before you go any further, like let me talk to my church family and see how we can serve you. Um, And we'll do whatever we can. Um, That's a practical way. One of the other ways, um, we mentioned a little bit of it, um, but really want to hit on it more. Oasis of Hope here in Medina. Um, There's plenty of opportunities, particularly for the ladies uh, to serve there. Um, There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And you can you can call them, contact them, or just go in, and let them know that you're interested in volunteering. Um, they keep everybody's identity um, anonymous. Anonymous there. Uh, so if you um, if someone goes there for help, it's anonymous. You're not gonna know. Like so, um, there's a beautiful ministry happening there where they are helping women before abortions, trying to give them the information that they need to understand the value of life. Um, that we have a creator who created us in his image with value and with dignity. Um, And that shouldn't be taken lightly. But then they're also there for anybody who's gone through one and needs counseling. Um, They're there to do that too in a Christ-like way. So um, it's a great organization here. And that's why, you know, we we try and help out when and where we can. You know, we went to the banquet um, that they had back in the fall. Mm -hmm. Was it the end of summer? I think it was was early fall. Yeah, it was maybe late late summer. Yeah, right in there. Yeah. Um, and that was great getting some information on them so um, and there's a lot more like them too, yeah, yeah. So.
1: And, and whatever we can't do as a church there's always an organization that's bigger than us that can help and there's always a solution uh, you know we, we often think about this problem as outside of the church and, you know, we have this little bubble, and it's just not true. There's a shocking percentage of women within the professing church who actually get abortions. And you think about it this way, right? Let's, let's just posit a situation where, you know, there's this tight-knit church family, and let's say the pastor has an affair, gets, gets a teenager pregnant, uh, you know, another man's wife pregnant. There's a lot of pressure in that community to conceal that. And, and it is instinctive, I think, in our culture to say, get an abortion, because we want to hide the sin, uh, because it will ruin everything. There are pastors who have done this, and they say, well, I, I won't be able to continue with my ministry because, you know, my, my reputation will fall apart, But and I'm saving people, right, through the message that they preach. They think they're saving people, and therefore, that's going to do away with it. So there's you know put put yourself in the situation if if you were going to be caught and you had the choice to do it privately and secretly uh, it wouldn't be difficult and maybe nobody knows and that's that's one of the reasons we want to bring this to the attention it's not just outside the church it's happening inside the ter- church there's a temptation and so when we show the severity of what an abortion actually is that informs the listener to say listen me being caught for my sin is is significantly less damaging than me killing a baby or condoning somebody else to do it, uh, and, and and so yeah, it's it's practical. It's in the church. It's here, and yes, it's outside of the church as well, and that is, uh, you know, two two good reasons why why we should bring it up because people face it uh, on a frequent basis as a whole.
0: Yeah, and like you said, it, it it's not just outside the church, and what what kills me about that. Um, I'm going to stick with my point real quick, and then I want to touch on, like, you you talking about pastors, so don't let me forget. Um, yeah. But to think that someone can be a part of a church family and not feel the love of those around them, to, like, surround them and care for them, like, maybe maybe it's a single woman in the church and, you know, she gets pregnant. Like, like obviously, like, that's, right, like, sin, right? Yeah. We would say, like, yeah, like, if you're single, you shouldn't be going out and, and getting pregnant. Um, but also what you shouldn't be doing is making up for your one sin with another sin yes like that doesn't atone for anything right? right like and and it's sure not gonna to help anybody's case it's not gonna help your your mental health it's not gonna help your spiritual walk um and also it's, it's a bad reflection on on your view of the church like especially here at, at new hill if if a woman was shamed for getting pregnant um, then shame on us right mm-hmm. like like what so what we're going to what are we going to do like make them feel so bad then the only option at that point would be well i guess i should get the abortion because there's no support here no you you've got support if you don't have if if someone's listening to this you're not a part of of New Hill Church leave your church if you do not have that support if you were having a child and you're like they wouldn't care for us and if we do that as a church family at New Hill then shame on us let us repent and change our behaviors we should step up to the plate for for anybody, um, and, and even our brothers and sisters who lose their jobs, right? So, like, that's one of the things, too, that comes out of this conversation. It's like, all right, so we're talking about the sanctity of life, but what about life outside of the womb? You're right. Like, but it's, it's not one or the other. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and a lot of times, it's like we try and draw this line in the sand that, like, if you're, um, you're gonna fight the fight against abortion, then that means you're not fighting the fight for those outside of the womb. So, what about quality of life? And it's like, first off, we're not guaranteed quality of life right? But as the church, we are commanded to bear one another's burdens, uh, to weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, um, help meet needs. Some of the meeting needs is not just giving someone food on their table, but helping them work towards getting a job so that they can put food on their table, right? Like this goes, this goes deep and the church really hasn't been addressing it as a whole, right? It's just been like this Hey, let's divide the church. And if you're um, fighting against abortion, then you're not doing what you should do on the other side. And it's like that's not the case, right? And and if you listen to to Pastor Mark's message, don't believe that that this brother is against um, caring for those once they're outside of the womb, right? Like I don't believe that about you. I don't think anybody believes you about uh, that about you. I think it's important that we understand that it is an ongoing thing. We want to to see a pregnancy through we want to see a child born and we want to see that soul one day saved by the grace of God right
1: yeah yeah and we're not you know we're not into social justice as the world sees it and we're not a one-topic church so my statement at the end of the sermon about let's be known as the baby saving church we're known a lot of things we're known as Christians a light to the world we're salt in the earth and that is that is one of the ramifications of being light and salt to the world is that, you know, we are we are not just bringing souls into the kingdom, but we're bringing lives into the world through our influence as individuals and as a whole. You know, two, two quick anecdotes here that I find interesting is, um, one, the, both these stories are from Jeff Durbin's church, uh, Apologia Church, and... I don't know all the details. I've heard him say them, but one story is there was a gentleman uh, who was helping volunteer at an abortion mill, and he was having a really bad day, not in the mood, and he's holding this sign, and he's just getting spit on and cursed at, and he's just not having a good day. Well, there was a husband and a wife inside the clinic about to get an abortion, and the the husband was conflicted, and he said, "Uh, God, if you don't want me to do this, show me a sign. He looks outside and he sees that grumpy guy holding a sign. And he thinks, all right, that could be coincidence. He said, all right, God, if that van, and he points to some random van down the street, says, if that van belongs to that man, then I'll know this is from you. He walks outside and says, excuse me, which vehicle is yours? And the guy's like, what? He's like, which vehicle is yours? Guy says, that one right there. And you know how the scary that is, though? Yeah, Someone walks right? out
0: of the clinic and they're asking what yeah. car you drive. Like yeah. tire's slashed.
1: Right, right. And he said, well, I just prayed for a sign. You were holding up a sign. And I said, if that van belongs to you, then I won't go through with this. I'll know it's from God. He said, wow. you get in there and get your wife out. He runs in and they won't let him back in. He said, I'm going to break down the door unless you let me in. So they let him in gets his wife, and they got out of there. Another story is Jeff Durbin, uh, they were ministering to a woman who was planning to get an abortion because her son had spina bifida. It's basically a hole in the spine, as I understand it. And the doctors, every doctor said, this child, first of all, will not make it. And if the child does make it to birth, then it will have the worst quality of life. It'll be paraplegic. It will have you know. It's, it's gonna be a worthless baby. You're gonna. It's gonna be on basically human life support for the rest of his life. Well, a lot of people prayed about it, and uh, through a series of events, uh, Jeff Durbin ended up deciding to adopt the baby, and they were waiting you know, and they were waiting for, you know, the birth and the baby came out perfectly whole, no spina spina bifida, no problems. And that's one of his sons today. And they named him Augustine. And so like, God is a God of miracles. So Mm. there've been many times in medical history where doctors said no, but God said yes. And, and they're not, they're not the ones who give the life and they're not you know, they ought not be the ones who take the life. So I just I love both those stories. They give me a lot of hope in seemingly hopeless situations.
0: Yeah, that's really good. Wow. Oh, I had not I had not heard those.
1: Yeah, they they have some I mean, you know, like I'm not I'm not a charismatic per se, but I've I've experienced enough things like they experience to where like the spirit is at work and he is he is moving and shifting, and moving his people, and, and working in very unusual ways, uh, especially when it comes to this topic. So, if you're if you're in a hopeless situation, you're trying to, you know, even in prayer, or whatever you're talking to somebody, God, the Spirit is very gracious, and uh, he he can work in mysterious ways. Uh, we don't look for those experiences, but they do happen. Right. And I find them very encouraging.
0: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, And one of the things you said, too, another way to to get involved is adoption. Um, And it might be one of those things where it's spontaneous because someone's going to get an abortion and you offer to adopt. Um, Or, I mean, it could be, again, the value outside of the womb is adopting these children so that they're not in foster care all their life. Um, Whatever it might be. Um, But that is a a clear example. And I'm really thankful that our church has, you know, uh, several families now that uh, have adopted children we've got a couple families that have fostered for for many years so um it's beautiful it's a it's a picture of the gospel um and it's something that we really ought to consider um and and light of valuing life and caring for um those who were potentially looking at death um before life i mean that's before you know life outside of the womb so right right yeah i mean that's that's wild. So. Um, definitely something to consider. Another thing to consider is uh, helping out with adoption agencies. You mm-hmm. know, um, helping out with foster care, maybe fostering, but also there's other ways to help with foster care other than fostering. Um, you know, helping with clothes needs, uh, being um, a respite care where you you take a kid in or some kids in for the weekend so that the foster parents can go and have a weekend away. Like it is a a um, emotional and draining. Um, experience it's rewarding, but in the moment, um, you know people can get kicked on their butt uh, while doing something so good. So uh, many different ways that you can do that. So um, if you if you want to know more information on kind of how to get involved with uh, foster care agencies, um, come see me at church and I can point you in the right direction. Um, I don't want to like just throw out names on here, but uh, we've got several people I know that would point you in the right direction. The one thing, sorry, you were talking about pastors earlier. Were you saying pastors? who like have affairs and then they like have the women get abortions? Yes. Yeah. Shame on them. They're not pastors anyways. They need to repent and God will deal with that. Like I, and I know I sound super harsh on that, but it's so despicable to me. Um, look, let me tell you you guys something. Any of our pastors, if anything happens in our marriage where our marriage is just lacking and it could be something so small, like us us and our spouses just aren't connecting, then we're going to step away from ministry because that is our first ministry. Yes. Um, so you know, much less an ab- an abortion or an affair. Like, guys, like we love our church family, um, but our our wives and our kids come first, right? So like, we've got to care for them, and it's just crazy to me. Like some of those guys that, well, I didn't want my ministry. Yeah. You know, People were being saved, and it's like, look, you're you're you are becoming their savior um, when you do something like that. Christ is going to save people with or without me. Um, now I want them to use me, um, but people aren't saved simply by. Uh, some man preaching the word it, it's by the saints going out and sharing the word right and
1: it happens with the saints too you know oh if my husband yeah. found out some other guy got me pregnant he'll leave me so i need to kill i need to terminate the pregnancy yeah or oh man if my wife finds out about this pregnancy from some you know lady maybe they know them maybe they don't look let's just let's end it Quietly, it's no harm to anybody. Nobody's getting hurt. <laughs> That's just not true. Right. Uh, you know, you you touched on like I one of my favorite uh, you know quotes is uh, "grow where you're planted," and that is absolutely true. You and I each have a sphere of influence in our lives, and yes. that goes up and down. It grows, it shrinks as life and the seasons of life change. Uh, but th- just because like this. This, is, this falls within the sphere of your influence, not just with individuals, but here's information. You've received information about how to get involved. And you're not in sin if you don't go foster kids or you, you know, do or don't. like. It, see, see where the Lord is leading you. And in your prayer about abortion, Lord, what would you have me do? I will do anything you want me to do. And God will lead you into that. And it might be great sacrifice, it might be minimal sacrifice, but always obey the voice of the Holy Spirit as He leads you in your life. And that is where the true joy and fulfillment is it's in obeying in communion with God, uh, listening to His voice. Uh, it's often said, you know, I'd rather be in the eye of a hurricane uh, on, in the will of God than on a beast beach with a Mai Tai outside of the will of God. Like, you. You you want to be where God wants you to be, even if it's uncomfortable, rather than not be where God wants you to be and be comfortable.
0: I always say that God's will is for me to be on a beach with a mai tai. <laughs>
1: well, I yeah maybe maybe uh, your next sabbatical will be in Hawaii. That's that's God's will.
0: So sabbatical that's on your seventh year, right? I believe
1: so. Yeah, I think they use it more loosely than actual but yeah it comes from the word seven yeah sabbath right so yeah yeah you're coming up how much longer do you have till your sabbatical if you're keeping it literally
0: well so the church new hill church was planted like started meeting weekly in september of 2017 but we started small group bible studies a year before that august of 2016. Uh, you're going. You're going. Let the spirit of the law rather than the letter of the law. here. Yeah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> so, so that's. So what? We're at six now. That'd be next year. Oh, look at that. Hey. Yeah. Put it in the budget, man. Let's send you to Hawaii. Oh, I don't know about the budget, but hey, because the Lord wills. <laughs> Oh man! If you're listening to this and you want to contribute, no. <laughs> that's one of the I'm, ministry. I hope you all know I'm kidding. Is that yeah, inappropriate? Okay no, you're, okay, no, I'm, okay. I'm not offended. By I'm it. kidding. I'm laughing. We're laughing. It's a joke. Um, but seriously, someone would have to watch my dog. <laughs>
1: I'll watch your dog.
0: <laughs> I It'd be the first dog you ever watch. He, I do. Do you, um, you feed
1: him human food?
0: A little bit. Yeah, we gave right. him crust. Okay, we gave him some you chicken. Shake. I gave him salami, uh, he really loved that, that helped him like learn to sit. That's really
1: bad for them, but yes, they like it. Is salami bad for yes. them? Like, oh, yes. Like processed food? Yes, it's horrible. I give my dog food, it probably shaves a year off her life over the course of the years I've given her food, but uh, it makes me happy, it makes her happy. You know, so, it's always win-win. funny to me
0: when people are like, um, this or that like uh, shaves shaves a, a year, um, or like time off someone's life, and I'm like, really? Like, how how much time? So then, like, I'm on my deathbed, right, at hospice. Am I going to be thinking about, like, how much time was shaved off? I'm 67 (laughs) Would I made it to 68, 70, 80. Um, I remember, uh, we're off topic now, but my friend's mom, we used to stay up really late um, and play video games. And she told us, you know, for every hour past midnight, you guys stay up. It shaves, like... Twelve hours off of your life. And I'm like, dang, <laughs> my, I'm, I'm in too deep You're now.
1: Be a few years, uh, a yeah. few years young.
0: And I started doing the math. I'm like, well, look, I would have to live to 150 to make it to 60 at this rate. I'm like, I'm gonna die next week. Yeah, like, I mean, we stayed yeah. up real late. Anyway, you know what's crazy? By the way, like a lot of the
1: reformers, they didn't live very long, and they wore. I mean, they burned the candle at both ends. You look at like the average lifespan. It was in like it was in about the 50s during that time. And I just find that fascinating. What what's a shame to me is they accomplished more in the first thirty years of their lives than I would accomplish in like twenty lifetimes.
0: Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. I think I think um a lot of how society operates now is is really kind of backward. Yeah. Like and just like getting to it, you know, like I don't know, that's for another podcast. Education and, and whatnot. So um anyways your group is back rolling um, yeah. while, while you get ready to, to tell us a little bit about it um, groups are important that's where uh, the life of the church is happening we do life together so get get plugged into a group we got them throughout the week you can go to the website click on the group tab and find a group that works for your your uh, your day of the week what are you guys studying
1: all right so we we talked about the Holy Spirit. Uh, the previous week and how he uh, regenerates us, he uh, sanctifies us, he indwells us, he leads us, he guides us, he teaches us. And we did the big picture overview of the personal Holy Spirit and how you know, uh, all throughout our lives, even before the Spirit regenerated us, He was there guiding us, leading us, et cetera, uh, protecting us. And then this last week, we touched on the anointing of the Holy Spirit, one of my favorite topics. Uh, I grew up in a pretty hyper charismatic church. And so, you know, the, the Holy Spirit was kind of uh, overly emphasized, or I should say, unbiblically emphasized in certain ways. And you know, and then I went into like independent fundamental Baptists, where it's you know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Bible, and you don't mention the Holy Spirit much. And so there is a there is a balance to Scripture regarding the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I've had to battle over the years with the filling of the Spirit, and can I can I be in distress and be filled the Spirit? Um, how long do I have to wait after sinning to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And I've come to the conclusion that, you know, you can really ask God, simply as this, ask God to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he will fill you with his Holy Spirit. And so we talked about this anointing, and we, you know, we spent a little time in 1 John 2 where he says, uh, but you have been anointed by the Holy One. And he says in verse 27, but the anointing that you receive from Him abides in you, and uh, what's interesting is this is in the context of the Gnostics who believe they have this secret revelation, this this knowledge. That's where the word Gnostic comes from, the word knowledge. And John uses, I think, the word know, K N O W, over forty times in First John, and he's combating this early heresy of this special revelation apart from Christ. And uh, one of the, I think it was Mark DeStello, he made a funny comment because in in uh, verse 27, it says, the, the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. Uh, but as his anointing teaches you about everything, and this is true, and this is a lie, uh, just as he has taught you, and he said to Catherine, he said, oh, that's you. You know everything. <laughs> and so we were all joking how our spouses, uh, particularly our wives, know everything. But what, is, what does that mean? Do you know everything and that you have no one need you teaching? you? No. This is talking about the revelation or illumination of Christ to the believer, that he is God, uh, he is the God-man. He is God the Son, both uh, fully divine, fully human. And that's the context, is these Gnostics, these Antichrists, they denied that Jesus came in the flesh because of how they separated things in their theology. And and so uh, you don't need anybody to tell you about the revelation that god made to you about his son jesus christ because you've been anointed and you know jesus and then in revelation 3 he says um, you you think you're rich and you know healthy and all these things but really you're poor and miserable and wretched and blind he said you know come to me and i'll put eye salve on you i'll, I'll give you i'll open your eyes and heal your eyes with an ointment that no one else can give and that's what essentially what god the spirit has done For us in Christ, is He has come and opened our eyes, and when you see Christ, you can't unsee Him. When you really know Him, and and so you you are we are all anointed. That was one of the points. Some are more anointed, less anointed. It's not like just the preachers anointed. No, we're all anointed with the Holy Spirit to know Christ and to fulfill the Great Commission and serve God in that way to proclaim His name across you know the entire globe. That was, that was a few things we touched on. It was, it was good because you, you think about it and it's like like uh, you see like a, a T.D. Jakes talk about the anointing and, you know, oh, the, the preacher was really anointed on that sermon. I do think the Spirit gives, uh, you know, a, a particular filling to give messages, to communicate in conversation, to lead people. I do. But really the anointing is something we all possess. And some people don't feel comfortable saying they're anointed, because they feel regular. And that's the beauty of it, is God uses regular means of grace with his anointing in the mundane throughout the day. Michael, you are anointed, because you're a holy one. And the word Christian, that just means, you know, uh, like we're like anointed ones under Christ. We are Christ followers. The word Christ simply means anointed one. So if we're in him, we're also anointed ones. What about
0: anointing with oil?
1: Yeah, so we, we did talk about that. Nelson told a story on the mission field, and I, I like the they idea— He told a story on the no, mission field? No, no, field? He, he Like stole, he was on he the to- mission field he, telling he stories? He was in Africa during the study when he came. No, uh, he told a story about a couple of missionaries on the mission field who had anointed, like, you know, basically grabbed a big old can of olive oil, extra virgin, just poured it over the, the couple. And uh, so— The only explicit command I see in the New Testament is in James 5 to to anoint the sick with oil. And I like the idea of it, personally. I think uh, the the oil is not mystical and does not do anything in and of itself, no more than the communion turns into the body and blood of Christ uh, in in that sacrament. But I do like the idea of it. What do you think?
0: I mean, I'm not allowed back in the hospitals because of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just walking through the ER, pouring oil on people. So if I was sick I'm and sorry. I asked you to come and anoint me with oil, would you do it? Like, I wouldn't know what to do. What do you mean you wouldn't know what to do?
0: I wouldn't know what pour, to do.
1: Just pour some oil on me,
0: on the Give head, shot like on, on, the head. On, yeah. on the spot that hurts.
1: On, on the spot, on the, on the top, on the top of my head. just on top of your head. Anywhere Anywhere you, a little, a little, a little drop. Anywhere, any you know, it's up to you. It depends on how much you. Want what to get kind of oil? In. Yeah, that's, that's up to you, man. Just don't put Cookie motor oil. oil. oil? going to put motor oil. Oh,
0: man. <laughs> i got a story for you from uh, Deacon Newman about that. Motor oil. Remind me. If you want to know about it, remind me, too, after uh, if you see me at church. Uh, crazy stuff. Anyway, no, yeah, that's good. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd go to the hospital and anoint people with oil. I usually just go there and pray. but. Yeah. Mainly mainly because in. I'm such a noob, I'd probably, like, go with, like, a big bottle of olive oil. Like, like so, like, just instead of just, like, Walmart. what I need to do is get, like, a little, like, container. Yeah. And then I'll dip my finger in it we, and just rub I'm it gonna, I'm going to buy you one
1: specific for pastors. Yeah. I'm just going to start it,
0: carrying ashes around. Yeah. 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 You should like wear sackcloth. Everywhere. You
1: should wear a sackcloth, too.
0: Yeah. I'm going to get a clerical collar as well. So, <laughs> um, anyways, we've been going through Galatians on Sunday evening, um, and that's been awesome, um, you know, talking about we are fellow heirs uh, according to the promise, and yeah, Galatians is great. Um, trying to think of like my favorite part so far. Which I, which chapter are you in again? Three. We're, we're probably up to four now, but okay. but like I love even the beginning um, when he says, uh, "If anybody preaches a con- uh, gospel contrary yes. to the one that you know we preach to you, um, let him be accursed." That word is like literally damning damned. Yeah, yeah like uh so new heights our sending church when we were there um so it had been prior to 2015 it might have been on the brink of us leaving uh to be sent out um they did a series to hell with religion um and it was based off that word and there was like a question mark so it was like to hell with religion and it was that word anathema uh let him be accursed which was literally let him be damned yeah. um that's that's strong language, and but I mean, like I even think back to um, Jesus's words, you know, like to, to teachers, you know, you'd be better off to like had not been, you know, born. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's yeah go strong ahead language. Cut, yeah, you you want to demand circumcision? Right, just
1: go the whole way, cut the whole package off.
0: It was Jesus that said that, right? You'd be better Paul, off that Paul, Paul said not to be. Well, born? Well,
1: Paul said, yeah, Paul Paul said to cut the package off. You insist circumcision is. Required. Jesus did say, "For the Son of Perdition, it would have been better for Him to not been born." But I think that does extend to really anyone who ends up rejecting Christ.
0: Really interesting. When this podcast drops, two days and we're back in Acts. Ooh. And we're coming right out of the circumcision not being a thing, and then Timothy gets circumcised. That's interesting. For the sake of evangelism, do you have anything to end?
1: Oh, to end, I want to know what your favorite verse in Galatians is, or you know, it's just- probably that one which one
0: At, uh, if anybody preaches a gospel contract oh, yeah just one. because yeah. like uh, off the top of my head like that's the one like I remember the most it truthfully it probably has to do with um, we're fellow heirs according yeah. to the promise just because um, the implications of that um, the reminder that we're adopted into a family um, is so good um, absolutely love it um, which has to do with being justified by faith Um do you, know, you know, one of my one of my favorites
1: is chapter one, verse four, talking about Jesus who gave Himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of God, of our God and Father. I love that verse so much that Christ gave Himself for us to deliver us. That is just amazing, and yeah. that's that's the gospel. That's a yeah. you know, kernel.
0: Here it is, Galatians 3 13 and 14. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law Ooh, by becoming a yes. curse for us, for it is written, Cursed, uh, curses everyone who is hanged on a tree, so that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Mm. Mm.
1: That's good. Yeah, yeah, he took our curse, cursed for us.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. We hope that this podcast helped you to put Jesus in the perspective. If you have questions about this podcast, a previous podcast, or about a relationship with Jesus, please go to newhilloh.com slash ask to send your questions in for a biblical response. All right, church, go and honor God in all that you do, observe the things he's commanded, provide to the needs of others, and extend the offer that's been extended to you. Peace. Godspeed.